you can talk about so much that you've read about and seen on the news this week, you know, and um, we do need to, you know, listen to those things. Um, there, there is actually a, uh, a notice I've put on the notice board, if you haven't seen it, just what the church here in Wellsprings is doing, you know, just to be more careful, take more precautions, um, and, uh, you know, just be more wise. But we want to worship the King of Kings this morning. You know, there, there are some churches that are not meeting today. You know, they've taken that decision to just stream their meetings. Well, we can stream our meeting, but we can be here and we can have fellowship and be in God's presence, and we thank him for that. Um, just one little reminder as well for Easter that we are uh, arranging a little time in the park, in Danson Park on Easter Monday. For anyone who wants to come, families, no families, come along, a couple of hours. Um, we said, uh, did we say 12 or 11? 11 till 1, we said. Um, it's going to be an Easter egg, Easter egg hunt for the children, um, which will be fun. But it's just a time of fellowship. Bring a picnic if you want to. Bring your walking shoes if you want to go walking around the park. Um, but uh, it's just good to meet. You know, it's great to meet here every week and enjoy the fellowship. It's good that we can get together on occasions and just meet uh, out like that as well. So that's Easter Monday. <clears throat> but this morning, we are going back to Jonah part two. If you remember, I spoke on Jonah a couple of weeks ago. Um, and uh, it, it's only a small book. There is only four chapters in, in Jonah, um, but there's so much that we can get from uh, looking at, at this uh, word. And um, so I just want to pray that God will just minister to us this morning. <clears throat> Father, I just thank you, Lord, that we can come around your word this morning. Lord, and as we are gathered here, as Lord, we are just opening up your word. Uh, Lord, as we are asking you, Holy Spirit, to come and to minister into our lives. Uh, Father, we thank you for the worship. We thank you for the communion we've been able to share. And we pray right now, Lord, that you would feed us with your word. Uh, uh, Lord, that you would make us receptive vessels, Lord, to what you want to say. Uh, Lord, that we would go out having received from you, Lord, growing that little bit more knowledge and understanding of what you want in our lives, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, well, we know from the uh, first couple of chapters of Jonah, um, and, you know, we haven't got time this morning to, to go o over all of that, but, you know, the, the synopsis, the short version, as we know, was God speaking to Jonah, telling him what he wanted him to do, um, and then Jonah deciding that he knew better and went off on a different direction and uh, away from God's will. And uh, <coughs> that was Jonah. Off he went. But here, we're going to be looking at chapters 3 and 4 this morning um, and just seeing what lessons we can learn um, in our Christian walk today. Because, you know, each one of us, whether we're working, 
you know, whether we're at home, whether we're at school or college, wherever it may be, you know, we need to know God's guiding and leading in our lives, don't we? Um, we're all at different stages, I'm sure, in our Christian walk. Uh, some, you know, would have be great studiers of the word, and that's great. Others may struggle with understanding some of the scripture. But that's why we're family. We're family because we love one another, we care for one another, we want to encourage one another. You know, that, that's what we see our role, Christina and I, as we, as we come along here to Wellsprings, you know, is to care for the family, you know, to shepherd the sheep. That's what scripture tells us. You know, and there are many practical things that we can look at and we are looking at. Um, hence, you know, Christina spending time just putting up uh, on the, the notice board there that map of the world because we want to be a missional church. We want to be a church that prays for missions and prays for not just people that come here, you know, but people that also overseas, um, people that serve God faithfully. Um, and missions in this country as well. You know, let's not think that missions is all about people that work overseas. You know, there are missionaries here in the UK and even in our own uh, town as well. <clears throat> so, you know, do take a look at that border and it will grow over months, you know, as, as we as a leadership pray about how we can become more involved in missions, you know, and maybe supporting different missionaries. Um, we want to be praying that God will guide us, you know, to be wise in, in that area and, and you'll see more development on that in time. But, you know, this morning, Jonah, um, as we look at chapter 3, um, verse 1, we read that the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. So God had already spoken to him. We saw that two weeks ago. Um, and he disobeyed God and he went off and done his own thing. But God, in his love, decided that he would speak to Jonah again, a second time. And he said in verse 2, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it the message that I tell you. Every one of us has got a message that we can bring to our neighbours, to our friends, um, to those that are around us. <clears throat> and so we read that Jonah, this time, he learned his lesson. This time he obeyed, and off he went. He went to Nineveh, and he says it was a large city, great in size, and it took about three days to go through that city. Now Jonah began, he says in verse, uh, verse 4, um, it began by going a day's journey into the city. So, it would have taken him three days to go right through Nineveh. But at the end of the first day of his journey, he started proclaiming a message. God has spoken to him. God told him to bring a message to the people. Um, and uh, Jonah gave them the message. And he said, in 40 more days, Nineveh will be overthrown. So what's that? A month and 10 days or thereabouts, 40 days, um, the city was going to be overthrown. 
That was the word that Jonah believed God had given him to bring to the people. And if we look back, you know, to the start, when God was saying that Nineveh was, was a sinful place. Everyone, you know, it was not a good place. People kept uh, their distance from that city because of how bad it was. Um, and so that would make sense, wouldn't it? If it's, if it's a place that is not good and God was not happy, that he may bring destruction upon that city. And Jonah, as a prophet, was bringing that message. Now, what Jonah didn't account for was the reaction of the Ninevites and the people in that city. Because verse 5 of chapter 3 says that the Ninevites believed God. So there was Jonah thinking he's bringing a message of doom and everything's going to come to an end in 40 days. Um, And he was thinking, I've just done what God told me. I'm just his servant. I've done no more. But the Ninevites believed what he said in that word. And so a fast was proclaimed. That's what we read, verse 5. And all of them, from the greatest to um, the least, put on sackcloth. And we're going to look at sackcloth in a minute. Um, But they believed what he said. You know, it was something, they didn't just kill him or say, get rid of that man, or, or just ignore what he's saying. They believed that actually God was speaking and that they needed to listen. <clears throat> so this time we can see that Jonah was obedient. Um, he heard God's voice the second time, he obeyed what God said, and he passed the message on. Now we've got to remember... Jonah was a prophet. Um, So if somebody comes here and they're a prophet and they stand on this platform and they proclaim the Lord says this is what's going to happen to you folk here in Welling, you know, what do we do? Do we ignore that word? Well, the Bible says we have to weigh up that message, don't we? We We have to test the word of God. Um, And that's what we would be doing. But you know, that's what these Ninevites did. They tested that word. They didn't want to see the end coming. They didn't want to see people dying. Um, And so that's why they called a fast. They called people to pray. They called people to cry out to God in his mercy that he might not bring destruction to that city. They heard the voice of a prophet, but they had to do what they knew God was saying to them to do. And you know, it wasn't just the people that reacted in this way and started believing. It was the king as well. Now, if the queen done a broadcast and says, dear country, this is what I think we should be doing, you know, many people would listen, wouldn't they? There will be those who would would not, I'm sure. But, you know, she is the head state in this country. And, uh, you know, we respect the position that she has. And the king in Nineveh, he was respected. And so he led by example. 
you know, because he too decided he would put on sackcloth and he would call a fast and he would take off his royal robes. He wasn't going to walk around saying, I'm the big I am. He was going to just cry out to God, just like all the rest of the Ninevites and the people in that city were doing. So what is sackcloth? Any idea? Any idea what sackcloth is? I'm sure many of you do. Many of you may have studied it. <coughs> well, it, it's a garment. Okay, it's really all it is. Um, it's a garment that was worn, and there are many different reasons why people would wear sackcloth. Um, but <coughs> it was a, a sign of mourning. People would wear sackcloth if they were mourning. Um, and it was also a sign of submission. We read that in uh, 1 Kings 20. Um, it was a sign that people were submitting to what was being said. Um, and it was a sign of grief and self-humiliation. Um, so the king and all the Ninevites, they were saying, God, we're going to just put on this, this garment, this sackcloth, because we want to submit to you. We want you, in all your love, to not bring the destruction that Prophet Jonah has said is going to happen to us. We don't want to die. You know, we're crying out. Um, they were publicly expressing their sorrow, wasn't they? That's what they were doing. Um, <clears throat> for all the wrong that they had done. And you know, many times we need to repent of the wrongs that we have done. You know, sometimes as a church, you know, and I've, I've known it in, in the past, you know, where a church has made wrong decisions um, and people have been hurt and people may have left the church because of it. But, you know, there comes a point of realisation and understanding of God's word that repentance has to come, you know, that somebody would have to stand and apologise for the wrong that there has been. And that's what the Ninevites were doing. And that's what the king was doing. They were saying, God, we are sorry for the wrong that we have been bringing into this city, for all the things that they've been doing, worshipping idols and, and disobeying God for so many years. Um, will you come in your love and will you forgive us? The king was setting an example. And every one of us this morning, we need to set examples. You know, there are those who will look to each one of us um, as an example of our Christian faith. You know, now that may be people that we, we go to school with, our family who are not Christians, um, people in our street, um, whoever it may be, people at work, um, we need to be a good example, you know. And, and if we fall, because we're human, if we make mistakes, if we get angry, if we upset people, you know, then we should be big enough and bold enough to apologise and ask people to just forgive us for what we've, we've said or what we've done. <clears throat> and that's what was happening here. Now, verse 10 of chapter 3 says, when God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, 
So they didn't just mouth the words and carry on doing the wrong things. They actually started to put into practice what they were saying. They stopped doing the things that were wrong. Um, Verse 10 says, God relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. What, what an amazing turnaround. And that is good news. You know, when we cry out to God, you know, in repentance, he hears our prayers, he hears the cries of our heart, and God will bring a change and a turnaround. God is a God of love, isn't he? Above all. Um, he doesn't want anybody to miss out on the wonders of his love. Um, but there is a constant rebellion to the word of God. You know, people will constantly interpret scripture in their own way and, and uh, that's where mistakes happen. If we don't obey what God says, then we have to be prepared to face the consequences, whatever they may be. They may be small, they may be large. But here in this story, in chapter 3 of Jonah, we read that Nineveh turned back to God. So that was good news. The people were happy. Wouldn't you be happy? I'm sure you would. The king was happy. He was a happy king. And most importantly, God was happy. So... That's a win-win for everybody, is it not? The king, the people, God, everyone was happy because no longer was there going to be destruction and they turned from their evil ways. But there was one person who was not happy, was there? One person, and that was Jonah. In fact, chapter 4, verse 1 if you, if you look to chapter 4, you'll see Jonah was just not only not happy, but he was angry. It says, um, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he became angry. Why would Jonah become angry? We'll find out in a minute. Verse 2 says he prayed to the Lord and said, Ah, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country in the first place? In chapter 1 of Jonah, when God said, I want you to go to Nineveh and I want you to bring a message to the people, and and Jonah was fearful of going um, because of what would happen, and uh, he didn't want to go for that reason. And then God turned it all around and, and... He changed, he called out to God again. And now God had changed his mind almost. He turned around. And that's why Jonah was angry. He'd done what God had told him to do. He'd been obedient, eventually. He rebelled to start with. But eventually, Jonah turned around. Um, He brought the message of warning to the people. And he was expecting destruction to follow because he was a prophet. He'd heard from God and he'd given the message that he believed God had told him to give. And then it didn't happen. And he got, he got angry. Um, 
God had answered the prayers of the people and had shown love and grace and mercy. You know, how many times in our lives have we become disappointed when we have not seen the outcome to a situation that we wanted, um, that we thought should happen, because we thought that we knew best, because we thought that we'd heard from God, and this is what God had told us, and we'd acted in that, and then it hadn't happened, or the situation had been turned around, and God done something different, um, and brings a different answer. Um, Has that ever made you angry? You know, I got angry once with God. Can can you believe a pastor's allowed to get angry with God? But you know, we, some years ago, we we were fostering locally. Um, I might have shared some of this story, but um, we... Um, had an opportunity to foster a lot more children for a charity in the West Midlands. Um, and so we, we left um, a, a really good church, a church where I got saved, where we got married, where our children were dedicated. Um, Christina grew up in the church um, Good family, good teaching, good pastors, good leaders. Um, and, uh, you know, we'd, we got involved in different ministries throughout the church. But, you know, we felt this was what God wanted for us to do, to move uh, away. Um, I still carried on working. So Christina took a lot of the weight of the, the children's home that we ran. Um, but, you know, we were there for nearly three years and we helped lead a church and things were starting to happen in the church. People were getting saved, lives were being touched um, and all was good. Everything in the garden was rosy, so they say. Um, but then the government, so you can't blame this on God, but the government changed the rules of, of fostering. And slowly, slowly, every door was shut until God was saying, I want you to go back to Dartford, where we come from. Um, And so we did. Um, But that's where I got angry. I'd left that. I'd made that move. Um, we got back to the church and because we'd been in leadership roles, the pastor said, you know, it's great to have you back, you know, can you come and do a home group or whatever responsibilities? Um, and I sought, I suppose, it's the only word to use, for a year. You can't carry on like that. You know, and after nearly 12 months, for me personally, I felt I was starting to die spiritually because there was needs in the church that we could help meet and we wasn't doing it, only because I was being stubborn and saying, I don't want to do it, 
I want to go and do something else in a different place. And so, you know, I had to be humble. I had to apologise to God, you know, and to the leadership of the church. And we started to get involved in in different areas again. Um, And then it wasn't much longer, a couple of years, you know, that God took us on to, to a new form of ministry. But, you know, what a waste of 12 months of my life, you know, where I could have been doing so much more for God, but because I thought I knew better, um, just like Jonah, you know, he thought he knew better um, in his situation, and that's why he got angry with God. You know, this morning, none of us can know better than the King of Kings and what he wants in our life. Um, we may think with our years of maturity, many of you have been walking this path even longer than, than we have, um, that we understand the scriptures um, and we know what's uh, happening, God is leading us, and that might be true a lot of the time. Um, but there will be occasions when God suddenly has a change of heart and the journey we're on takes a different different route, a different direction. Um, And it's then that we're truly tested. It's then that our faith and our attitude and our pride, if we've got pride, if we have any, or our motivation, they're all tested to the limit. Um, And then we need to examine ourselves to see what is God saying to us. And none of us are immune from that. None of us at all. From the youngest to the oldest, um, we need to constantly hear what God is calling us to do and and obeying his voice. So this situation really tested Jonah. Um, Chapter 4, verse 4, the Lord says to Jonah, and you you can just almost picture um, the Lord saying this in such a gentle way, is it right for you to be angry? You know, is God saying that to you this morning? Is it right for you to be angry about a situation that you're facing in your life? Is it right to be angry? And with these words ringing in Jonah's ears, we read that Jonah went out of the city... Um, he wasn't happy, he was angry, so he made himself a shelter, I'm going to go and sulk, I'm going to do what Graham did all those years ago, Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to make a shelter, um, and I'm just going to sit outside and lick my wounds, because God's not done what I thought he was going to do. Um, He made the shelter because he needed shade, The sun was hot in that part of the country. Um, And he thought that's all that was going to happen. You know, he was just going to sit there on his own. But then we carry on to read that because God is a God of love, he didn't just leave Jonah to go out there on his own, but it says the Lord provided a plant to grow. Now, that is a miracle in itself. But a plant that grew up to provide extra shade and extra shelter, 
um, and verse 6 of chapter 4 says that Jonah was very happy with this. So he was angry, but he went out. He made his little man cave, whatever he wanted to do. Um, and God provided this nice shady plant to uh, protect him from the sun. And so, that's the end of the story, is it? It's not, is it? We're not quite there yet, are we? Because he thought that might be the end of the situation. Um, Jonah could just come to grips with what God had decided to do and everything would be back to normal in his life. Um, But that wasn't the end of his trial because we go on to read that the Lord sent a worm to chew the plant. (laughs) Why would God send a worm to chew the plant that he'd provided to allow cover and shelter for Jonah? Um, And then it says there was a scorching heat and and the, the, uh, uh, the Lord allowed the heat to blaze down on Jonah which caused him to faint. He's going to get angry again, isn't he? You can see it coming. You know, you can just see it before we get there. And sure enough, we read, so Jonah became angry once again. You know, but this time he was angry because God had allowed the plant to die and the sun to come down upon him. He was still struggling with his lesson from before and then he got overcome it and now... Um, suddenly died. But you know, verse 10, the Lord in his love did not tend to it and make it grow. It wasn't Jonah's plant in the first place, was it? 